Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys, how is everybody doing? So this week's episode is going to focus on why we want to learn to manage our minds and answer a common resistance that comes up with some of my clients when they learn about the idea of choosing their own thoughts. So as you know, if you follow me on Instagram and listen to my podcast already, I teach that our thoughts create our feelings, not the people or circumstances in our lives. And a lot of my clients, when they hear this, nod along and understand intellectually, but it takes them some time to really believe it and understand what it means for us day to day and in day to day situations. And it's the same with me. When I first learned this, it took a long time for me to understand it. And even now I have to remind myself, okay, this circumstance is not creating my emotions. My thoughts are. It's very normal. And for many of my clients, because we're focusing on their relationships, they're currently in a place where they're blaming the people in their life for how they feel and believing that the people need to change so that they can feel better or they're believing that they can't feel better until this person changes. So until they've done the dishes, (laughs) until they've started texting me more, until they've stopped going on their phone so much, until they start initiating sex more, whatever it is, they believe that they can't feel better until that thing happens. And so when I suggest that they could actually feel better now by choosing to think different thoughts, they often see this as letting the person off the hook. (laughs) So they kind of think, if I just feel okay and secure and good, then that's like me letting them get away with whatever it is, the behavior, (laughs) letting them get away with something. And it's so crazy when we really interrogate that line of thinking. And I say that with total love and compassion. I too have had the exact same way of thinking. (laughs) My clients aren't alone in having that thought at all. But when you really break it down, it's like our brain is saying, if I feel okay, regardless of what other people are doing, then they're going to keep being able to do whatever it is that they want to do. But the truth is, they're going to anyway. That's really important to think about. Humans have free will and autonomy. They get to choose whatever the hell they want to do, whether you feel good about it or bad about it. And you feeling miserable about it isn't actually a punishment to them. It's only a punishment to you. I'm going to repeat that because it's so important. Humans have free will and autonomy. They get to choose to do whatever the hell they want to do. And you feeling miserable about it isn't actually a punishment to them. It's a punishment to you. You feeling secure and calm and okay isn't a gift you're giving to them. (laughs) They can't feel it. Your emotions don't penetrate their skin. They don't feel your misery and your frustration and they don't feel your calmness or your security. That's all within you. So managing your mind and choosing what you want to think and feel intentionally is a gift you're giving yourself, not them. It's simply to enable you to have the experience you want to have instead of feeling terrible. 
Another element of resistance I see when it comes to this work is a form of black and white thinking. So if they currently feel frustrated about something their partner does or doesn't do, my client's brain sometimes think that the only other available option is to feel great about it. (laughs) That's the two options on the table. We feel terrible or we feel great. And brains like to do this. It's good or it's bad. I'm happy or I'm sad. This is right or it's wrong. Very binary black and white thinking. But thought work, just like life, is shades of grey. And for any circumstance you're currently facing in your life, there are hundreds of thoughts you could have about it. So many shades of grey, so many nuances, so many different thoughts you could think. And your job isn't to pick the right thought. If you could see me, you would see me doing air quotes. (laughs) Because there's no such thing as the right thought to think. Or your job isn't to think the thought that makes you feel the happiest all the time. Again, we don't always want to feel happy about everything. Your job is to simply choose intentionally. That's it. Think of your thoughts like a buffet and you get to go up and pick anything you want from the selection. (laughs) There's no right or wrong way to think about anything, but there are ways that serve you versus ways that don't. And you just get to choose what those are. And the way we discover if thinking about a situation in a particular way is serving us is by noticing how we feel when we think it and then how we show up in our lives, how we act and what results those actions create. If we like the results we create from a particular way of thinking, amazing, we're on to a winner, great thought. (laughs) But if we're creating results in our lives that we don't like, That's a great reason to start looking at and questioning our thinking. Another thought ever my clients often present with is believing it's their partner's job to make them feel secure. Or maybe it's their friends sometimes. Basically, whoever the person is they're having mind drama about, they're believing it's this person's job to create feelings of security in them. So if they do it themselves by changing their thinking and choosing their thoughts intentionally, it's like they're taking on an extra workload in some way. (laughs) It's like they're letting their partner get off easy for the day with less emotional labor to do. And this way of thinking is really perpetuated in society. We're all taught to find someone who completes us, our other half, someone who makes us feel happy and secure and saves us from our negative emotions. And then we turn up to our relationships as adults with big expectations and feel pretty disappointed when the person in front of us is just about managing to look after their own internal world, okay? Never mind come and be in charge of ours too. And it's funny because we're always thinking about how our partner isn't managing our emotions well enough. (laughs) But funnily enough, we're never worrying about whether we're making them feel the emotions they want to feel or whether we're managing their minds and their emotions enough. (laughs) But the truth is we can't make our partners feel certain emotions and they can't make us feel a certain way either. We can behave in certain ways we think they may like, sure. But when we do, it's still their brain that creates that emotion, their thoughts about what we did that makes them feel a certain way. This is why, and you can probably relate to this, how sometimes you can do something you're so sure they'll like and they just have zero reaction, (laughs) or at least not the reaction you expected. If you were the thing making their emotions for them, you'd have made them feel the way you wanted them to feel, right? (laughs) But actually, it's up to their brain. 
And it all depends on what they were thinking in that moment that creates their emotion. And it's the exact same for you. You, of course, have ways you'd prefer your partner or friends to behave. We all have preferences. But even when they behave in that way, it's your own brain creating the emotion you feel. Your thought of, yay, this is great. This means they love me. This means that we're connected and happy. Think about it. Has your partner ever done something one day and you've been totally fine with it? And then they've done the same thing another day and you felt so irritated and annoyed. (laughs) I know I have. If the action of them doing it created your emotion, how is it possible you'd feel two completely different ways? It's not. It's based on what you were thinking in those moments. So when we tell ourselves it's our partner's job to make us feel secure, we're actually making them responsible for something they can't possibly be responsible for, can't possibly take ownership of. And we're missing out on understanding how to create more feelings of security and confidence because we're completely misunderstanding where those things come from in the first place. One of the members of my group coaching program said to me last week that she believed security was co-created, which I think is something we're really taught to believe a lot. Again, it's the same belief that your partners will come along and create your emotions at least with you, if not for you completely. (laughs) But I have coached many, many people feeling insecure in their relationships, despite of their partner's best effort to make, again, I'm doing air quotes, them feel secure. And I bet you've been there too, when your partner has been down or upset about something and you've been trying to cheer them up and it hasn't worked because you can't jump into their brain and change their thinking. So your emotions cannot be co-created because they're created by your own brain. And that is the best news ever, because if they were co-created, you'd forever be dependent on the actions and collaboration and cooperation of others to feel okay in yourself. And really understanding this and deciding it's your job to create the emotions you want to feel will be one of the biggest transformations in your relationships. It's also worth thinking about how, (laughs) You know, who is it that you decide has to be a co-creator to help you create your emotions? Some of my clients, it's someone they've just matched with on Tinder that they believe gets to make them feel insecure or secure. And that's the the person they need to cooperate. For others, it's their partner of 10 years. For others, it's a friend that they've gone out for coffee with twice. Really think about this logically, how crazy it would be if we really genuinely needed all these people in the world to collaborate with what we wanted in order for us to manage our minds and emotions. It'd be terrible. We would have no luck. (laughs) My job would not exist. Ask yourself, what are the emotions I expect my partner to create for me? Is it security? Is it safety? Is it love? Now take a moment and consider what thoughts you're thinking when you tend to feel those emotions. When was the last time you felt that way? And and try and remember, what were you thinking? What were the sentences in your brain? Those thoughts created the emotion, not the situation, not the person's words, those thoughts. Isn't that the best news? (laughs) Because if it were the situation or the person's words, We'd need to really cling on to that person or situation for dear life so that we could keep feeling secure and okay. An example that came up in my group coaching program recently was a couple of people actually bringing a similar issue. One was with her housemates and one was with an ex-partner. 
all around doing the dishes or cleaning the house. So the humans my two group members lived with did not have the same idea about how often the the dishes should be done. And despite them asking, they would still leave the dishes in the sink, despite them asking them not to. So the neutral facts were there were dishes left in the sink. That was a circumstance. Now, some people might have thoughts that create frustration and annoyance about that. Others would feel totally neutral and unbothered by it. And this shows how the circumstance of dishes in the sink does not create our emotions. Our thoughts about them do. Now, when we're believing somebody else or something outside of us creates our emotions, we naturally think the solution is that the housemates need to change for us to feel better. And then when we've asked them to change and they don't play ball, they don't do what we've asked, we think that that's it. We're going to have to just feel frustrated and miserable forever unless we move out, which is also a a totally valid option. But understanding that your thoughts create your emotions means you get to decide how you feel and how you show up to any situations, including dirty dishes in the sink. You can feel totally calm and at peace, even if your housemates don't clean as much as you'd like. You can feel irritated or annoyed or a whole range of other emotions from a whole bunch of different thoughts that you could think about it. And the choice is totally yours. But spending your mental energy arguing with the reality of somebody or something and telling yourself a circumstance needs to change when it is not going to (laughs) only creates so much more suffering for yourself. We create so much additional suffering in our lives when we resist the reality of the world we live in, when we resist the reality of the people that are in our lives. We tell ourselves they should be different. This isn't who they should be. This isn't how they should act. When the reality is that it is, this is who they are. This is how they act. So where do we go from that? Now, and I can almost hear some of your brains as you think this, This does not mean that we should just change our thoughts to be totally okay with behavior we don't want to be okay with or stay in situations that don't serve us. The whole point of thought work is to choose our thoughts in a way that serves us. So trying to force ourselves to be okay with things that we don't want to be okay with would be against ourselves, not for us. But actually separating out the neutral facts of the situation and then looking at your thoughts and choosing them intentionally can be what helps you confidently move forward in setting a boundary, ending a relationship, saying no to something. Choosing intentionally doesn't mean always feeling happy and saying yes or staying. Sometimes choosing intentionally is to choose the opposite and that's okay. Okay, so how can we start to begin to manage our minds? The first thing you have to start doing is writing your thoughts out on paper or typing them if you prefer that. I cannot stress this enough that you can't manage your mind when your brain is just swimming in its thoughts. You need to get them out on paper so that you can really look at them. So whatever the situation is, first write down what the neutral facts are. So what are the facts of this situation? And remember, facts are things that everyone would agree with. They aren't judgments, opinions, or assumptions. My partner is sat with his phone in his hand. It's a fact. My partner is ignoring me is not a fact. It's your interpretation and opinion about the fact. Then get all your thoughts out of your mind so that you can look at them. 
What are your thoughts about this situation? Why is it a problem for you? What are you thinking about it? What are you making it mean? Then notice how those thoughts make you feel. What emotions do they create? And then write down how you're likely to act and show up when you're thinking and feeling that way. How do you show up in your relationships when you believe this? What do you do? What do you not do? And consider, do I like the impact of these actions? Do I like the impact that thinking this way creates? Do I like the results this will create for me? My teacher, Brooke Castillo, invented an amazing tool for breaking this down in a really simple way, and it's called the model. You may have heard me mention it in a different episode, but it's five lines that we can use to categorize these things to really see and understand the impacts of our thoughts. So there's the first line. So you can either write circumstance or you can just put the letter C. And this is where you write down the facts, all the facts of the situation, very neutral facts. Then underneath that on the next line, you put a T for thought. And this is the thought line. And this is where you write down one thought you have about that circumstance. Then on the next line, you write down the letter F and that stands for feeling. <laughs> This is where you write the feeling that that thought creates. So one word, maybe angry, sad, anxious. Then you have the action line. You can just write a little A on the the line below. And then you can fill that line with all the things you do or don't do when you're feeling that way. Then the last line of the model is the result line. So you can just put the letter R and next to it, write down the overall impact of those actions. Was it disconnection from your partner? perhaps. If you coach with me either in my group program or my one-on-one, you will learn how to use the model in depth for managing your own mind and getting really clear perspectives of what your thinking is creating for you. It's such a fantastic tool for breaking it down in a really simple, clear way. And I'll put an example of the model in the show notes for those of you that want to see it visually to see what it looks like. Okay, so then once you've really gotten an idea of the facts of the situation versus the the meaning and the thoughts that your brain has attached to it, and you kind of understood what your thoughts are creating here, this is where the magic happens. This is where you really want to question that thought and show your brain that it is optional and show your brain alternatives. So remember, for every circumstance, there are hundreds of ways you could think about it. So if you don't love the feelings, actions and result that this way of thinking creates for you, if thinking about it in this way is not serving you, the good news is there's so many other options available to you. Your brain will naturally think that that thought is a fact and that it's the only way anyone could possibly think about this circumstance. (laughs) But your brain is wrong. Your brain is just offering you the most automatic default thought it has available, the easiest thought you could think. And the easiest thought I can think is going to be the ones that you think the most. So if your brain is used to being very fearful and and telling you you're not good enough and, and telling you thoughts that create insecurity, that's likely to be the default easy option because those are the neural pathways that are the strongest in your brain. And our brains are often a little dramatic, fearful, and they like to make huge assumptions that create so much unnecessary suffering in our lives. So just because it's the first thought you had about the circumstance does not make it the best thought. Just because it's the first thought also doesn't make it the truest thought. All thoughts are optional. So just because your brain landed on this thought first doesn't make it a fact. 
and certainly doesn't make it the most useful thought to think. So take one of the thoughts you have about this situation and use some of these questions and you can literally write down answers to these questions. Like I said, thought work is best done out on paper in front of you. And you can use this to help create some wiggle room and show your brain some alternatives. So feel free to pause this podcast as you write down the questions and as you work through them. What am I making this mean? Why am I believing this is true? What else could be true here? What might my brain be ignoring or not considering about this? Is this thought serving me? Why am I choosing this thought? What thought might serve me more? Who would I be without this thought? What would someone with the opposite opinion about this say? What would a more neutral thought be? How would I like to feel about this circumstance? What thought might create that emotion? If you can make a habit of doing this, you're going to be able to start choosing how you think and feel about your life more intentionally and creating more intentional results in all areas of your life, not just your relationships. I'm going to be taking on new one-on-one clients um, end of April, May time, and I'll also be reopening the doors for my group coaching program end of April. So if you're interested in either, head to my website, www.rebeccaallcoaching.com and click to join my email list. That's where you will be the first to know about the opportunities and when doors are going to be opening. Okay, guys, that's all I've got for you today. Have an amazing weekend and I'll speak to you all next week. Bye. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs.